So I'm the middle of three girls. We were encouraged to dream, to have big dreams. But how do you have big dreams in a place where there's no opportunity? You know, like, how do you get from that A to C? Well, you'll just be whoever you want, do whatever you want. That was just sort of very vague. You're listening to the MILF Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the MILFiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. I'm Jennifer Tracy, your host. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's already like we're already entering the second half of September. I feel like, you know what, I need to get some new material because I say that every week, but it is real for me, like the just the shock of how quickly time passes, juxtaposed with how slowly my son feels that it goes. Like to him, Christmas and winter break feel so far away, you know? Um, and I remember that, but that was a long time ago. So, um, Today on the show, I have Lily Bright. Lily is one of my dearest, dearest friends. She is so talented, multi, multi talented, and just fiercely creative and deeply beautiful. Like she's physically beautiful, yes, but she's just beautiful on like a deep, deep level. And her soul work is just evident in the way that she lives her life. And so you'll get to hear all about her in a moment. Um, but first, a couple things. So just a reminder that the Give Initiative is Amnesty International this month. Their website is amnesty.org. They are all about human rights. What they do is truly magnificent, and they have people and stations all over the world working to help those that don't have a voice and help those that need defense and protecting and basic things like food and clothing and shelter. Anyway, they say it way more eloquently on their website. Give them a checkout. You can also click to that through my website, MILF Podcast. And today's episode is sponsored by Flirty Girl Guide. Flirtygirlguide.com sells curated sex toys. So she has little, like a bouquet of sex toys together, a little gift basket. She has a blog on there too, so you can read about it. And Brooke Christian is my friend who owns this company. And she started this out to empower women to feel sexy again and to enjoy sex and to integrate that with their partners because it really ends up happening after you've been married for a while. And especially if you have kids, uh, it just sort of poof, it, it just evaporates. Um, that was That was my experience as well. So she's all about this, just really empowering women to take control of their sexuality and find their kink. That's something that is so fascinating to me. In fact, I'm writing a book about it. <laughs> anyway, so flirtygirlguide.com. Check it out. All MILF listeners get an exclusive 10% discount with the code MILF10. So use that code at checkout and you will get a 10% discount. Uh, so Lily Bright, my guest today, and I met when our kids were six months old, five months old. We went to a baby class called Rye. I've talked about it on the show before. It's called Resources for Infant Educarers, and that will be in the show notes as well. 
the link to that if you want to know more about that. Um, but that's how we met. And, and she quickly became a huge lifeline for me because we were in the same boat at the same exact time. It was hard. It was really hard. And she's such an incredible mother. She's an incredible woman, incredible mother. And I learned so much from her. And she and a couple of other women in that class held me up even when they weren't, even when they didn't know it, like even just knowing that they were out there and knowing I could call them, knowing I could text them, knowing that their kids were at the exact same developmental stage as mine. They were struggling with many of the same things. There was so much comfort in that. And, um, you know, those were the first moms that I followed, you know, and I really followed everything they did. I mean, you'll hear me talk about, like, I, I would call Lily and be like, how do I, what do I feed him? Like, because I, he wouldn't eat stuff. When he started eating solid foods, he was fine at first. And then he got really picky, you know, like three or four. And, and I just, you don't know if you don't know. And I, I don't have family members that I can ask that stuff. And so I asked this other, this group of mothers, you know, and um, that meant the world to me having that kind of community. And so it's a huge part of the impetus of why I started the podcast is because I wanted to create, even if it's just for an hour in somebody's ear, that feeling of community and of like, you are not alone. You feel so alone. It's so lonely, but you're not alone. Um, and you can do this and you will keep going and get through this and you're going to be so much stronger and fiercer because of it. That's my experience and the experience of many, many of my friends and the women who've been on the show. So without further ado, the beautiful and talented Lily Bright. So thrilled to have you on the show. This is like a dream come true. And to be in your beautiful sun-filled office just feels so nice. You are one of the most fascinating women I've ever met. Truly. You're holding in a laugh. <laughs> my husband says the same thing. Does he? Yeah. In what context? When I'm ever when you're whenever fighting? I'm, no, whenever I'm act whenever I'm acting very weird or strange or what he thinks is very weird or strange or I can you know, hear him saying that. between uh, he- between setting the table and making dinner or something. Yeah. He's just watching strange. you like whiz around and work your magic. Because you have something lots of like magic. That. Yeah. Like that. That's so funny. Yeah. I can hear him saying that. I remember when the kids were in the toddler school and um we're doing a field trip going to the strawberry fields and it was so it was really far we drove and drove and drove and your husband you and your husband showed up and he said this was close (laughs) so so i want to i want to start from from kind of the beginning so where did you grow up i was born and raised in west virginia what was that like growing up as you as, as as a fascinating little girl. You know, it was the worst place for me and it was the best place for me. You know, it's it's a, certainly a place I can't imagine ever growing up anywhere different because West Virginia is one of these places that you know, it lives in your bones. It lives in the the smells there. It's so un, it's such a unique mm. piece it's uh, of geography. Right. Um it's very landlocked, so it's hard to get in. It's hard to get out, like li- like literally the with the 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 mountains, the roads, the lack of you know airports, public transportation, and um, and yet there's something so sensual about the place. Like I can smell it here. You know, when, yeah. when I sit here and talk about it, I can 
um, feel the humidity. Uh, I can feel the the you know the dampness of the earth, and and it also felt very suffocating growing up in a place where you know there's one place there was one option of where I would go to school, public school, one in the county. Well, two two in the whole county. Wow. Um, but now one because one and got flooded a few years ago in these floods um, in West Virginia. Uh, one place, you know, very few choices. Yeah. You wanted to, um, so for someone like you, me, I think big dreamers. Yeah. It was, it felt really suffocating, yeah. um, limiting. And, and at the same time, like to be, to have dreams is a, a really precious thing to have, mm. you know, like to have longing of something you can't get is a really, it's amazing motivator. Mm. I think about like raising children here and I never imagined one, I would raise children. Well, that's another story, but wait, then, wait, wait, let's, let's, yeah. pa- let's go into that for a second. We'll come back to, so yeah. you didn't think you were going to have kids. It wasn't, I sort of felt not even ambi- less than ambivalent. I, it wasn't on my to-do list yeah. in my life, yeah. which seems crazy now because i i love being a mom and i'm a really good mom you really are like i'm a i can feel that myself it's a natural thing for me yeah to mother to parent but um prior to meeting my husband because he brought that out of me the desire to have a family Mm. prior to that it was just like yeah maybe yeah i don't know but prob- but yeah, I got all this other all yeah. these other things I want to I want to do yeah with my life yeah and that you were doing so okay so back mm. to Virginia so that's interesting West um, Virginia West Virginia excuse me I have to correct that. yes I'm sure that happens all the, all time, the time right because people don't it's think of it yeah it's yeah. it's really interesting yeah they don't realize it's a separate yeah, entity yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> to me so um, growing up in West Virginia at what point did you so you you were just talking about and articulating so beautifully, like having a dream is this precious thing. Mm. Um, mm. Was that nurtured or understood by your family? We were encouraged. So I'm the middle of three girls. We were encouraged to dream, to have big dreams. But well, how do you have big dreams in a place where there's no opportunity? You know, like how do you get from that A to C? Yeah. Well, you'll just be whoever you want, do whatever you want. That was just sort of very vague. Um, and what, I, what, what did your parents do? Well, my mom was, um, her background's in teaching and guidance counseling, but she was a stay-at-home mom. I mean, she was, and she vol- and volunteered in the community. Uh, my dad is an entrepreneur. He's a was in the coal business for many, many years and in manufacturing. Had a big plant in the town I grew up in. Did they have big dreams that they pursued and then went a different way? Or my dad had political ambitions, interesting, which he didn't um, get too far away from. Because when you're in coal business and when you're in tourism, you're in politics in West Virginia. Sure. I mean, it's it's sure. it's political. Yeah, and uh, when you're in a state as small as West Virginia, under two million people, you wow. know, population wise. <laughs> It's not, you know, after you have a certain amount of success or in, you can have a certain amount of influence. It's right. not hard to, have, to right. be influential, I think. Right. But he always, 
A big dreamer, yeah. Hard worker and a big dreamer. So, but you're a child or teenager coming of age and seeing this and you're trying to figure out, it sounds like you're trying to figure out, like you said, how do I get to see? So, mm-hmm. so what happened? What, what was the next move for Lily? <laughs> to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you get out? Um, when I went to college. We make it sound like you got out of prison. <laughs> I know. It, does, it is kind of really, though, it is remarkable. Those who know who have grown up in West Virginia, there's like a tribe of people are like, you get out. (laughs) But are you going back? Yeah, of course. I have to, you know, like, you got to go back. It's almost like, I don't know if you watched The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's that whole day. That's how they talk. Are you going to get out? Did he get out? Did she get out? Um, Canada. (laughs) So, so when did you leave? When I went to Northwestern University. So I was, yeah, after graduating high school. Yeah. My younger sister went to boarding school, so that was interesting. So she got out early. She got out early. Yeah. She was very, uh, um, yeah, self, she was self-motivated yeah. by, by the fact that there were four years between us. Right. And no way was she staying home alone for four years. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She so was she, like, that's how she seen, felt. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen like, the way this is, and I'm not participating. <laughs> So you get to Northwestern's in Chicago. Uh, yeah, north of Chicago, just yeah. north of Chicago. And so, so that was a whole new world. I it mean, it was a big, big. It was a big change, but it wasn't that I had never left. You know, uh, right? I stayed before or traveled. We had. I had been exposed to that, right? Through my but by parents. yourself. Yeah, and being a bulimic. Yeah, I mean, let's just say it. I yeah. have struggled uh, at the time. It was severe. It was really a severe issue for me at yeah. that time. Yeah, debilitating. You know, be it. I, I don't know. Some people call it a disease or an addiction. Um, I don't ever know what to, what camp to put it in. Yeah, but it was <clears throat> something that was struggling with on a very extreme level at the time. Uh, so that made college really hard. Yeah, a place of um, yeah, with a lot of challenges. I thought it would fix. I thought those challenges would disappear. It wasn't that I just, it developed in college. No, it was it happened way before. Yeah. I thought college would be something it wasn't. Yeah. And I mean, I know for myself, I've struggled with food issues. I was never bulimic, but I had um, other food addiction issues and some anorexia, like binging and starving and binging and starving. And did you feel like you had, I know I felt like this until I didn't. And I started talking about it with other women who struggled with it at at the time. But um, did you feel at that time going into college, like you had this secret, like this giant secret that nobody could find out? I always thought I've had a secret. I've always felt that, yeah, that this has been a secret. And it certainly was at at the time. And there was all the shame around it. All the shame. Of course it was a secret. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have even admitted it. I mean, I was admitting it to myself. I was in therapy. I had already gone to a hospital, you know, an inpatient to try to get help. But it was, yeah, a big secret. Yeah. And so that continued and, and you continued in, at Northwestern or did I, you move? I can't remember. I stayed there for two years okay. and then I moved to New York City. Yes. So that's right. You moved to New yeah. York City. So what precipitated that move? 
Mm. Well, the fact that I felt I couldn't, I couldn't manage the pressures I was feeling at school, the pressures I was putting my on myself, but that I felt also in college. Mm -hmm. And um, again, I think for many, many years, I followed this idea that if only I moved to another location, or if only mm. I do something X, Y, or Z differently, then this thing that is tormenting me, making me do this, you know, self-harming actions to myself, then that will go away. Mm. So part of it was like, oh God, I just need to move to New York City. Like I need to be in the real world. These people, I don't like this college thing. Yeah. And then poof, I won't have any more. Yeah. I won't have all this pain I was experiencing yeah. in my life. And so you moved to the city mm. and what what was your dream then and what was your plan did you still have the big dreams that were yeah cultivating inside of yeah, you yeah i still had drive i've always had a sort of a no shortage of ambition or yeah or appetite yeah i got i i got an internship at vh1 studios I, I wanted this. to work at MTV yes. for a, for since a child. I mean, we're the well, generation. Who didn't, who Come didn't on. want to we work at MTV? I so, mean, it was the shit yeah, back yep, then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything this is 90, was happening. 1997, oh, yeah. early everything 97. Was everything was happening. They, were, they did the first reality show. That's right. Real world. Yeah. Riveting. Oh, my God. Video, just music videos. Oh, remember, music just, videos. I mean, VJs. And, yeah, VJs. Oh, uh, yeah. so... That's Didn't you want to be a VJ? Of course, yeah. I wanted to be a VJ. Yeah. I wanted to be a, a news commentator before yes. that. And yes. then when I found out there was a VJ yeah. option. Yeah, I mean, sign me up. Right? So I, so I got an internship at VH1 Studios. And um, other than being there every day, I was like, I was, and the, I was the intern that got promoted to a, you know, a paid position yeah and then i after about a year of doing that i uh i really got disillusioned with that world and i was still heavily struggling with the eating disorder which wasn't making any of this easy yeah. having any kind of regular s job yeah. going into work i mean it was uh yeah. like being hung over all the yeah. time it's hard to function hard to function yeah. So I, I went back to, I decided to get back to school and finish up my degree. And I was studying dance and yoga at the time, something called Feldenkrais Method. So I was at this, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying York. to heal. Yeah, in New York. Yeah, New York was, it was a good move. Yeah. I mean, overall, moving there was a good move. Yeah. Um, so, but it was still that early 20s trying to find myself that yeah. was the theme find looking from searching trying to find myself trying to find what i cared about what i was good at in the world i had a lot of dreams but i don't think i had a any i don't think i had an accurate reflection of who i was so then well, like right of course not how do you know yeah. where what tree to yeah climb yeah or how do you know what well, and in my experience with my own addiction, which I've shared about many times on the show, my mm -hmm. my alcoholism and <clears throat> and I've shared about my food stuff too, but 
is that when that kind of, like you said, like what camp do you put it in? Is it an addiction? Is it a disease? Because it really, for me, it filters into all of the mm-hmm. things. It is a spiritual malady. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. But um, like you said, I, I just didn't have, I mean, and now, even now at 44, I was just saying this to my friend Elaine this morning. I look back on those years and I just want to hold that girl and just say, oh, honey, like you cannot see yourself. You are amazing. I just couldn't see myself. And I too, at that time in my life, was struggling with, I had dreams. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to get from A to C, even though I had moved to New York, even though I had opportunities and I just, I couldn't because I was participating in my own self-sabotage with the addiction and couldn't stop, it just was an impossible, it was like coming up against a brick wall again mm, and again and mm, again. Mm. I relate to that. Yeah. And at some point, didn't you go to somewhere upstate New York to study cooking? It was actually Western Massachusetts. Western Massachusetts. Close. The right. Berkshires. The Berkshires, of course. I oh, did. So beautiful. I went to study um, how to cook. I went to a macrobiotic cooking school in the middle of the Berkshires, near Lenox, near, I mean, it's a beautiful so area. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And what drew me there? I mean, you know, I'm a seeker. I'm just, I'm a seeker and I was trying to, I'm trying to heal myself at the yeah. time. Yeah. Anything. Anything and everything from, you know, psychiatrists and um, medications to, I need a new relationship with food. Who doesn't need a new relationship yeah. with food? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I wanted to learn how to cook. I yeah. just thought that's a skill I need to have. Yeah. I didn't have. My mo- it's not my, that we didn't live in a place where we could go out. It wasn't a going out to eat culture. It's not like. Yeah today's world yeah. you didn't have all these options yeah um but i also didn't know how to make anything like from scratch which is amazing to hear you say because since the moment i've known you and we became friends like i was always just blown away by i would come over and you'd be like oh those are beans that have been slow cooking on the oven all, on the stovetop all day and i'm making this and i'm and you gave me some rest i didn't know how to cook at all like i learned how to cook from you and from katie i didn't know and i mean you are one of the moms this show is called moms i'd like to follow like you were one of the moms i followed in the early days mm. that i just was so bleary eyed and like hanging mm. on by a thread mm. And I would call you or text you and be like, I what <laughs> I remember you asking me what what are some like breakfast options yeah, yeah, for this? Yeah. Which is interesting because with my daughter, I think about you and that question all the time because my son was so much easier to he we he and I like we have like the same palate. Yeah. My son, yeah. who's 10 now. And so whatever I like pretty much, he's likes and emily my daughter and i share some of the same likes but we have a lot of we don't have the exact same palette like where my son and i really do so i have struggled with like what am i making her for breakfast because she didn't like what like the things i like for breakfast yeah so i think about you oh. and that question and you were like what can you give me some ideas oh i still struggle with it i mean i yeah i've shared about it on the show his eating is it's really hard to get him to eat healthy foods um but that's a whole other rabbit hole. So, okay, so you you left New York 
for a short period of time to go to the Berkshires yeah. and study cooking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you had dreadlocks, which is one of my favorite parts of the story. Wait, how do you know I had dreadlocks? I love you and adore what? you and worship you. And I listen to you intently when you're talking. I also remember you saying you were valedictorian. I was. Which I knew you wouldn't mention on the show because you're humble, but you're really, really smart. Okay. Thanks. So you had dreadlocks. I did. I grew dreadlocks. I don't know what this is. You were a macrobiotic 98, chef. 99. I grew, yes. <laughs> I used Nog Champa soap. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh my god! And I went and drove home in my Volvo that I had just bought my own money, and I was like, it didn't have airbags. And my dad was like, (gasps) which I get it now, of course. I totally get it. I would have been like over my dead body. You're not driving a car, (laughs) but I was all like, I'm invincible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, It's just a. And did you you still struggled with the the eating disorder? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, it was. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a long road yeah. to recovery. I, but they, you know, it's not doesn't. It was two steps forward, one step back, or yeah, type of thing. And I love that you, as you shared, you tried everything. Yeah, it's not, it wasn't for lack of not, you know, no trying. And I think that's so important, just for people to hear who are themselves struggling with it, and then people who have loved ones who struggle with it, that mm. it is, it is a torturous existence. It can be a long time. And it, and, and because it's food, because it's not like, it's not like alcohol, alcohol where you just leave it. Where you could, yeah. yeah. You have to eat. You mean you got to eat. So you got to face it like all the time. So it can take a long time. And I think I was very hard on myself to be perfect about the recovery. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How ironic. You can't win that. for losing. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. 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 Tra- it's a it's a disease of perfection, and then you're trying to to heal it with this perfection yeah. kind of uh, standard. Yeah. And then, yeah, so it was back and forth between New York City and the Western Massachusetts, and I was got involved in a couple of dance companies at the time. Was teaching some yoga, was doing some work in some retail stores, still, you know, very much trying to find myself, yeah. trying to heal myself, trying think like really still feeling that unless I could get a handle on this compulsion, this addiction, how am I gonna how am I gonna have a life? How am I gonna make a life? Mm. Like how am I gonna make a career? Like I can't, I don't know if I can stop this. Like, am I gonna binge and purge? I I probably will today. You know, not today, you know, but back I'm thinking then, this yeah. is back then. Yeah. And it was just that like on around every co- any corner there it could be mm. and then there's there goes my day. Mm. There goes my job. How could you hold down a job when you're like um you're just it's like you're consumed you're just yeah. all consumed. Obsessed. You understand if yeah. you've had this any kind of any kind of addiction. Yeah. You um just struggle to get through the day. Yeah. So I was trying to find my way out of that struggle to get through the day to where I could actually feel like I could function. And then someone told me to move to LA. But I was looking for a way to move out of New York. It was kind of getting done with, I was getting done with it. I could feel myself ripe for like a new chapter. Mm -hmm. Were you at this time yet involved in in producing? No. Not yet. Okay, that came in LA. It came in LA. Okay, okay. So you moved to LA just kind of like, 
Let's do this now. Well, you know, it's actually like it's in my show. It's in my show. That's right. That I there got was to hear a reading, an early. I was early very, reading. very privileged to hear an early reading of your show, and I can't wait to come see it live. I'm bringing I'm, a friend. I can't wait to, for you to mm. see it live because okay, so, you heard such an early, yes, an earlier stage of the draft, and so it's really, yeah. So I'm sorry. So um, well, there. How did I? I'm. I was traveling already. I left New York and knew I was. Headed west, California. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I already always had California in my mind yeah. for a long time. And um, I met a woman on my travels, barely knew me. I barely knew her. And she said, you'd make a great producer. Wow. And I was, I'm so, um, not susceptible is the word. Suggestible. That it just went into me. I just thought, oh, God. And I needed Maybe someone to give me permission. That little part of me that, that or part of all you know of us that feels just someone tell me what to do yeah. and make it feel and and be it like the, make it that it's the right thing. Like it feels good too. Yeah. Like the thing that you're like tell me what to do and then all oh, right and oh, that, that you'd be good at that'd it. That'd be yeah. Should, you'd be you should you'd make a great producer. You should go. You should move to LA. And I just thought okay, all right. I'll do that. I mean, so that, I mean, that's just amazing because that's such this, I always say you have ovaries instead of you have balls Um, (laughs) to just say, okay, I'll do that. And then like, you did it. Like you did it and you didn't just do it. Like you did it and can still do it Mm -hmm. exceedingly well. But how did you begin? So, Mm -hmm. so again, we've come back to this sort of theme of like big dreams and so forth. Like, you had a new dream or what was Mm -hmm. marinating and cultivating into a new Mm -hmm. dream. How did you then go from A to B to C? Like what's, what did you, how did you, and you're moving to LA, new place, Mm -hmm. new, you're, you're young, you're still struggling with this thing. Yeah. How did you do it? I felt like I was running out of options. Meaning in a good way. Like it was like, I got to make this work. I think I just harnessed a lot of, courage and grit which i totally credit with being raised in west virginia like because we were ra- you know we were just really raised outside outdoors and just had this you know uh kind of fearlessness my sisters and i i thought la is always a kind of fortuitous place. I, you know, sometimes we, I think we just, where we land in a place that, that support, that supports us. Yeah. I took a lot of lunches. I ate a lot of lunches. Yeah. I stopped throwing up as much. And I, I met a therapist that really worked for me. I was really, I felt I really aligned with it, with, with this place, with LA. And um, I don't know, does that sound kind of weird? Not at all. But I think sometimes we just end up in a place where our stars sort of match. Yeah. And um, it felt like that place to me Yeah. in 2003. And I, I just stayed really open, met lots of people through, I don't know what I did. It was no, you know, I didn't, you didn't have a smartphone. Yeah. 
was barely, barely, I was just kept following some kind of intuition at the time. It was like all I felt like I had to go on. Yeah. And um, instinct. I think I have a good instinct. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we all have. And what was your first like break in as a producer? Like your first break? I met, um, I met these producers in Venice, a community of producers. And they had uh, a project that I got involved. Do you want me to say, talk about specifics? Yeah. I mean, if you, you want do? to, yeah. It's well, interesting. To I me. mean, I got involved in a, in a, um, a project that I th- actually was supposedly based in West Virginia. It all turned out to be a hoax. If anyone's heard of the JT Leroy hoax, oh, I don't, I don't know about this. All of this author who was, um, who was supposedly this young boy transgendered author from San Francisco was actually a woman writing the books, but pretending to be someone else. Big literary hoax. There's many films wow. that made up made oh, on this. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And Jay Tillaroy. And I got involved in that project. It came to me just through I knew I had met one I didn't know anyone here except one woman who I had met at a dinner party in New York City. And I had, you know, knew her for two hours. That's the only person I knew in LA when I moved here. Which, honestly, in retrospect, I was like, that was bonkers. That's insane. Like, I don't think I would do even do that today. I did that, too. I didn't know anyone when I moved here. I was 23, and I didn't know anybody, and it didn't matter. I don't know. There was a piece of me that was fearless. As when I moved to New York when I was 18, same thing. There was a piece of me that was fearless, but also vastly insecure. It's so interesting that they coexisted, but it is. So, so interesting. and then from there, you just, you, you, you took off. I just really. ran with it. You I really ran. ran with it. And I was getting so much, so, so much confidence. I think that's why I was getting, I'm not, I was going to say addiction, addicted, but it wasn't, it was being filled with a good feeling about myself Yeah, that, um, I had, looked for yeah. in every nook and cranny. And it yeah. was coming from a place where I really wasn't expecting it to find like self-worth in running my own production company and being busy. I like to be, I have a lot of energy. Yeah. You'd strike me as one of these yeah. women. T- <laughs> yeah. I like to be busy. To be doing stuff. And not as like, yeah. oh, I need to be distracted. No, not just busy work. But like I but, have yeah. a lot, there's a sense, like I feel like a lot of energy inside You myself. need to make I stuff. Ma- yeah, um, you need to create. That is just in your being. And that's with, you know, since the moment I've met you, it's just like even when we were in the class with our little babies, they were what's five, six months old, like yeah, you just had this creative spark. And when I come into your home, like you make your home beautiful, you make your food beautiful. You just, there's some, there's an artistry about your life and the way you live your life. That's mm. so mm. compelling and inspiring, mm. you know, and, and I can't wait. We're about to get to your, yeah your show that you've just created, which yeah. is so epic. Yeah, so creation. when did you meet? I love, can you tell me the story of how you met Evan? Because that's sort of, I know, in this in that realm of yes, time. Yes, That was in 2007. And um, like so many things in my life, it, it was a serendipitous encounter that happened through a chain of events that so kind of unbelievable that, you know, and it, I couldn't have written anything even better than it because 
I had met him through, I met him in 2007 at a, at a house party. It was his house. Ended up being our house. And I was invited to that party by a, a guy a doc, uh, that I met at the Viceroy Hotel <laughs> Bar. Not even by myself. I was with a girl. I had met, a, met up with a girlfriend there. And not just any old girlfriend, uh, the, the twin sister of a, my first boyfriend from New York oh City. Oh my gosh, wow. And I had, only, I had just run into her in Aspen, Colorado, and found out, no, in the ski lodge at the top of the mountain. <laughs> I'm, it's going to continue to be like more <laughs> convoluted. Like, no, 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 really? Yeah, really. After 10 years, turned around, took our ski hats off, and we were like, what? And I'd always remain, he was still, we maintained a good, you know, relationship. It was, you know, I was, I was 20. He worked at MTV. He was an <laughs> editor. And awesome guy. And um, he was seven years older. You know, we went to, we dated for a while, seriously dated for a while. And then we parted ways. And I ran into his twin sister on the top of Aspen Mountain in 2000, early 2007. She was living in L.A., I said, okay, when we get back to LA, we, let's go have a drink. She said, great. Met, met her at the Viceroy for a drink. Was on my way home, said goodbye to her. She's staying in the bar to meet up with a, 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 a guy, have a date date. Yeah. And I'm on my way, driving home to my apartment in Venice. Oh, that was, those were the days. That was 2007, Venice. Oh. I turned around midway. I'd forgot my sunglasses. Stop it right I'm now. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I am not kidding. My oh sunglasses. My God. Now, you know how, I don't know if what you're one of these, I'm one of these people. All that, the time. Okay, my sunglasses, sunglasses, my phone, my, it's usually my sunglasses. Oh my God. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't want to go back, but I got to go back. I mean, God, yeah. leaving, leaving, you know, leaving these everywhere. I go back because I had the man that her date wasn't there when I left. Right. So I go back, grab, there they are. They're chatting at a table, having drinks. I go up, grab my sunglasses. He turns to me. He's like, hey, 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 uh, what's your name? Like, I come to this potty. He's from Long Island. Come to this potty. Come to, you gotta come to this potty. It's like, <laughs> his name is Michael. He was friends with Evan he from back east. He was friends with Evan. No, actually oh, from, from here. From, from LA. Interesting. Okay. But he's from Long Island. So yes, they're, potty. they're, they potty. I love it. So he got my info that night. I was there. I didn't even sit down. I grabbed my sunglasses. He got my info. I said goodbye. Went back home and home. And then I get these keep getting emails from him. Evites. <laughs> that was remember the Evite the Evite was like the, was new, like the thing. new thing. Yeah. Evite. I mean, I'm telling you, in over a course of two weeks, like three or four times, you know, not just one Evite. He really wanted you to like, go to that really party. People to go to this party. <laughs> and the I think the only, I really believe the only reason I went to the party is that I had friends from New York City with staying with me that weekend in LA in my apartment, and they wanted to go out, and I had the biggest zit of my, I'm <laughs> stop, no no, no. I'm I am serious the biggest zit of my entire where, life where where on your face between my eyebrows directly between my eyebrows no it was like a mountain. It was a mountain, and I had made it uh, scabby, <laughs> like you do because I'm when fucked you're up. Yeah. No, of course I because yeah. you know you gotta you gotta get, get in, in there. there. <laughs> gotta make surgery. that thing, surgery. Yeah, <laughs> that that imperfect thing all better. But of course, you just make it worse, <laughs> much worse. So I had so much makeup on. You should have put a bindi I'll right fill. there on it's top of awful. it, right? Like a little sticker. Yeah, I know, right? Although, or I mean, a, one mean, of those like knows. yeah. 
it was still wet and scat. It was awful. I mean, it was really, it was awful. It wouldn't even hold makeup. So when my, who am I joking? So, but I promised my friends, I said, okay, we'll go out. We'll go out. I hadn't heard about this party. And I went to the party and I saw Evan. We, of course, I didn't know who it was, you know, and um, we we're both into something called gyrotonic. I can say that. I can talk about um, this movement system of movement, fitness, medi- you know, mindful movement work. No one's in, I mean, in the scheme of things, not many people are into gyrotonic. Yeah. Certainly in, back in 2007. It's more yeah. popular now. It's very niche. Very niche. So there's this in this in the corner of this ho- house that we're in is the stool. And so there's a special stool. It said gyrotonic. And I thought to myself, who the heck is, is that doing- the same stool same that's in stool? your bedroom yes, now? You just saw it. Aww. You just saw it. The same stool. He was into gyrotonic because he had had he had gotten into it after he had this L4, L5 disectomy. He had discovered that's what kept him out of pain. Something, yeah. and I've been into gyrotonic as you know, background in dance, and I. It was big in New York when I was in New York. I, I got into it, but I thought it was so peculiar, and I and I really wanted to figure out who is this person who has a gyrotonic stool. I was ever sort of giddy because I he was very cute. And approached him, and he ended up being the owner of the house. And the and and then that guy Michael was there. We connected over this gyrotonic stool. We had been going to the same studio for years. Sliding doors. I mean, honestly, sliding wow. doors. And then that was so, it. You guys were together. That was pretty much it. Yeah. It was one of those. And I've dated a lot. I was a real serial dater. Let's be honest. Commitment was super super scary to me. Mm. You know. Intimacy, commitment, vulnerability. Yeah. I hadn't addressed those issues yet. Yeah. But they were underlying a lot of other symptoms, you know? Of course. You know, what we're running from. And so, but so this was unusual that we went so, and what, and it it wasn't that fat. We went, it was unusual that we recognized in each other something big. Yeah. And more than just like attraction, it was something big. Yeah. um, and it was mutual, and it took a it took several, it took a few months. He actually was still dating someone in New York, but living here. And I think those it was good to have some obstacles that slowed things down. Yeah, I'm grateful for that. We didn't rush yeah. into some into anything. And how long have you guys been together now? We just had our 11th anniversary. Congratulations! Yeah. That's epic. It is. Yeah. That's a feat. It is. I've no. I didn't even have a, a relationship longer than a year and a half before. Wow. Bad damn. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then, to, yeah. so just to, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. I mean, but just to. Well, I have two questions. The first is within that time frame, were you in recovery from bulimia mm, yet? Mm, mm, mm. Um, for me, it was a gradual process. It was like you know, over the course of almost two decades from the inception of the behavior to, you know, the peak, which was, I can't do anything else all day. This is going on like, uh, you know, six times, six, seven times a day. I mean, I don't even understand, but okay. To, you know, it just, it, it, to less, to just less and less and less. As I'm growing my 
my container. Yeah. To be with my feelings, to not run from every fucking discomfort. Yeah. That was the that was the test, you know, or that was the the muscle I had to develop. Yeah. How to be with stuff that wasn't because I had trained myself honestly out of ever feeling discomfort. Yeah. Because you just take that drink or you just take that food or you just smoke that it, cigarette. Smoke that cigarette. Yeah. But what's under that? What are under those compulsions? Yes. You're uncomfortable with something. And you don't want to be uncomfortable. Then your weak muscles get really weak. Yeah. And you don't know how to just be with something and trust it will pass and trust that that changes and takes time to change, you know, and develop, get stronger in other other places to which you've weakened because of choices, coping mechanisms that weren't so healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a long process. It's not. It doesn't just happen overnight, and it's um, and it's ongoing. It's ongoing. Some people seem to. I I feel like some people say it happens overnight, and it doesn't happen. I don't know if those are maybe those are stories I've. That's not my experience. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. like you said. It's I mean, with alcohol, it's different. You're either drinking or you're not drinking. But oh, with the food, right. it's it's. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and then my second question in that moment was, um, at what point, so you, you're, then you're with Evan, mm. you guys are together. You ultimately decide to get married. Mm-hmm. When was the shift where you started thinking about kids? And mm. you had said earlier in the interview that he brought that out mm. in you. Mm-hmm. So, to have a family. Yeah. Yeah. To have a family. It was pretty early, honestly. And it surprised both of us because he was married before. He has a daughter from that first marriage. When we when we met, he, she was twelve at the time, um, and living on the East Coast with her mom. And I, like I said, I wasn't uh, having children wasn't on my list. Having a family, even getting married, wasn't on my list of to do things. I should be careful what I um, <laughs> what I put on the list. Right. What I don't put on yeah. the list, rather. Yeah. But it was, you know, it, I. I think I let I let him bring this out, bring other. I surprised myself. Yeah, yeah. That relationship really was, you know, it's been really transformative. He was a good mirror, and I needed a mirror. Mm. In what sense? Well, you know, I lived on. I lived by myself. I've always liked to live by myself, and moving in with him, I had then. You know, he's fifteen years older, and he has lots of life experience, and I. He's traveled the world. He's met lots of different types of people. And I really trusted his, ju- I tr- still trust his judgment. Yeah. He has, he reads people really well. You know that. I think yeah. you know this about him. Yeah. And so when he would give me reflections about me, positive qualities, I really took them to heart. Yeah. I mean, I sh- why wouldn't I? I mean, yeah. I, do, I still do, but it was, he had, he had qualified. I felt he was really qualified to have his opinions, his he really I re- saw you. I respected. Yeah. I think his he like really saw you saw, yeah. on a deep level. Yeah, I think, and I could take it in. Mm. Um, and then we, children just it was actually we had we I got pregnant. We got married in two thousand eight, and I got pregnant. We had been dating for a year, a little no over a year, and then I got we got married in two thousand eight, and I got pregnant. I guess November of yeah. 2008, yeah. right? Because we had our son, yeah. we had our children 
very close. Yeah, from 2009. Yeah. yeah, Blooms is July 12th, and, and Williams, Williams is 12 August. days after. Oh yeah, that's July right, 24th. July 24th. Oh my god, yeah, they're so close. Yeah. So yeah, I got pregnant, and um, I was intentional. I mean, yeah. we were like, okay, we'll try. Yeah. yeah. And then, boom. boom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I was so happy, pregnant, really happy, pregnant person, woman. Then I had the baby, and that was postpartum was a whole other ball of wax. Yeah. Really challenge for me. Yeah. It's another challenge, big challenge, emotionally. And, yeah. And just chemically, hormonally. I we've talked about this before. I can't remember, but did you have? You had postpartum depression after William. I I did. Yeah. 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 But you I didn't did. know it at the time. You know, I don't, I think I'm so, I've been so. I didn't, I didn't know until like two years in. I think. You guys think probably right. all knew. No, I was in shock. I was in shock. I was probably in yeah. denial of it. Yeah. I was, I've always, you know, I've, I've always been in therapy for years. Um, I was very aware of the darkness that was settling over in me. And the daily crying. And I think I'm, I don't like labels. I think, and I don't feel like that now. I think then I was still little, I was young still. I mean, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. A lot can happen yeah. in 10 years. Yeah. Back then, postpartum depression, in my mind, having not known anything about it, but I, I think one of the reasons I was denying that label for myself was, oh, that's that one thing. And now, since then, all this research has come out and every, all these unfoldings of like, oh, postpartum depression isn't just postpartum depression. It's postpartum a zillion different things, mm. you know, anxiety mm. and mm. anger and rage mm. and indifference. And it's like, there's a whole... Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's something I'm actually really passionate about mm. talking about and... You know, at some point, I'd like to do something in a bigger way, more concrete way to contribute to that for women, because I think it's just, it's, it's so layered and deep mm. and, and it's not talked about. Like, I mean, I just, yeah. they sent me from the hospital. I was like, bye. Right. I had third degree tearing. I had to sit on a donut for two weeks, like a cushion, donut cushion. Like I was on Vicodin, which I hate oh Vicodin. Gosh. I remember taking it and going... How do people oh who God. are addicted to Vicodin like this? Like, you're not shitting, number one. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't shit. And um, I just feel like there's not a lot of aftercare, or not any. There's not a lot. There's not any yeah. in terms of that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was never engaged. I wasn't involved in a mother community. I had no friends yeah. who were mothers. Me neither. I mean, I had some, but they were all right. had kids that were a little older. Didn't. So I didn't have like new, but so thank or God. much we, older, maybe decades older than me. And we weren't talking right, about this. Right. And, and I think I was under this assumption. I think, I think we are given that as um, this assumption, like, oh, you're going to get your baby. And then everything's going to be bliss. wonderful and bliss. Yes. And I was like, and oh, it's not. No, yeah. it wasn't for me. For some it rare was such people a huge, it is. Yeah. It was such a huge shift of everything that you've ever known of consciousness of who you are. I did not. I was not preparing for like the moment I would become a mother my yeah. whole life. Right. I had no idea what that would mean. I had no idea. I had no idea. And bye. Yeah. Like, see, like, enjoy your baby. Yeah. Oh, your car seat's installed? Great. Right. Good. Great. Take off. You're good. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't exhale. Yeah. I couldn't exhale. So the anxiety, the sleepness, sleeplessness, the dark feelings. Oh, me too. I couldn't sleep. Um, and people say, oh, so you have to sleep when the baby's right, I'm like, same. no, I, that's, 
exactly when I don't, don't sleep. Yeah, same. I get a burst of energy yeah. as soon as the baby is sleeping. I'm like, me time. Me time. <laughs> yeah. And then I have a great time. And then all of a sudden the baby's up and I'm exhausted. Yeah. And then you can't sleep. And yeah. then, yeah, and that keeps happening over and over. And it's lonely. Yeah. And we had our baby group, which we came to six months in, which was so helpful. And I formed oh. lifelong friendships from that. I'm so grateful for. Sorry for that. And yet it was one and a half hours once a week, you know, <laughs> like it just wasn't enough. Like I wanted to live with you guys. <laughs> Same. I remember taking my time to drive. I was like, no problem. I'll drive the half hour, 40 minutes to get to class and then home oh. because, you know, it was okay. I had that. I was, yeah, it was really, had to. it was about... I don't know what it was about. I don't remember a lot of that first year. It was a lot. I don't either. Of, There's a lot of like blocking block, it out. Yeah, black, dark spaces. <laughs> Which is how you get to be able to have another child. I think that's the only <laughs> way. Yeah. So then you had yeah. your second child and you were already well-versed. Yeah. And was that easier? It was so different. <clears throat> it was so different the way I felt. Diff- I, it wasn't, I didn't have all the extreme highs and lows afterwards. I also didn't have, I had a cesarean with my first, and I did the VBAC with my second. She was two pounds smaller, which made it better. Yeah. I had had four years in between. Yeah. So there had really felt like there was ample healing. And I didn't let myself tire out with my first, with that labor of my first child. I just, again, I thought I was just going to, squat in the yard or in the woods <laughs> better yet if i could just be you know barefoot in the woods yeah. i was going to squat and have this baby out and then we were, I was going to pick that baby up and we were just going to go on our way just like nothing really happened yeah, yeah. i just slap him on the boob and off we'd go to whole foods yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. and i would just not miss a beat of anything no because you know no you'd even clean up after I'd yourself be cleaning up in after the woods my, absolutely i'd cut my own cord <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna have and have an orgasm <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna have the orgasmic birth. Birth. I'm gonna have a self labor because you know these are this are this these are the perils of being such a like a per- perfectionist. A perfectionist. Like, of course I will. But it, okay, could we talk about the orgasm thing? Yeah. That is a thing, right? That is a thing. It didn't happen for me. <laughs> it didn't happen for either me either time. I'm zero for two, and I'm happy to be that. It's yeah. I, I'm I, it's okay that it's like what is it can be a struggle. Yeah. Like what's well, what's and that's your, the whole thing. It's like every birth story every, is so different. Every birth is so different. Every every, and it's all you know. It's all beautiful and perfect, exactly as it's supposed to be. But you do, or I did think you know they're like you do a birth plan and do this, and you take yes. these classes, and it's like n- no. That's just, none of that helped at all. I'm out to change the phrasing. Um, it's really a pet peeve of mine when people ask, did you have a natural birth? What does that uh, mean? Well, to me, I say all birth is natural. Yeah. Birth is natural. Yeah. I don't care what you had. Yeah, that's to a get weird. It. I have not had like, people ask me I've that. Had, was it natural? And I'm like, well, yeah, it came out of my came body. <laughs> uh huh. It's real natural. Birth? Yeah, that's I a mean, very old fashioned. It well, but I don't know. It, people still use that language, but I. But I, well, the gift of my of my first labor, 
53 hours and cesarean hospital, all the things I didn't want and thought I would never, ever have. The gift of that is now I see my the error of my ways of like, oh my God, I had really boxed myself in. Mm. And I didn't even let like, Maybe your child wants to has a different plan. Oh, because because you know, thinking like I again, it's the the control issues yeah. of, that surround all my you know, past struggles of like, oh, well, I'm in control. Maybe not, not really, not really. <laughs> and also, there's another human being now in the yeah. picture, and yeah. you're not in control. And if you're gonna, if you can't learn it any other way, maybe you're gonna learn it this time. Yeah, like you know, I, I'm kind of yeah, kind of giving a voice to the universe, yes. right? Like, and I did. I did learn it because it was a big, it was a big cataclysmic change and hit over the head of like, oh my God, my body was ripped, you know, at the cesarean. It was a very, I healed very poorly. And um, that was everything I didn't expect. And I felt like a failure. Mm. And I thought, well, that's, that's really shitty. Because here I have this healthy, beautiful son. How are you? Yeah. How am I failing? You birthed a gorgeous yeah. human being. Yeah. And yet, because yeah. we're somehow programmed some, to think, yeah. And all of a sudden, then, then oh, I didn't have a natural birth? No. What? Hell no. That's it so came funny. from my body. Yeah. And this is natural. I don't care if you have, yeah, what, what you use to supplement that process. Yeah. You know, as long as you don't harm, the, you know, the baby. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a big growth. It was a huge growth, and so my and the second time was was night and day difference. And I credit to I I really you know I I wanted a different experience, you know. And uh, well, you were a different person by then. Look at the growth. I mean, just you are. I always say having a child, and I I also I I should um, clarify. I do believe this happens whether you adopt a child or whether you actually give birth to a child or not. But when you mother a child and when you have a child, it does rip you apart. Like it rips you apart in the best possible Mm -hmm. way. And I, you know, everything you just described was what is what parenthood has been for me. It's just, just Mm -hmm. smashed my old ideas Mm -hmm. of what, you know, and my son now he's, he's not confrontive, but he's, he'll, he really calls me on my shit. Because I taught him to do that. I know. <laughs> it's so great. I know. It's so great. Because I know he's doing that out in the world for himself. And that's yeah. something I didn't learn until I was in my 30s. Yeah. So anyway, I'm digressing. But um, Yeah. No. So you have these two incredible human beings that you're raising. And you're you're still, I'm kind of going back to the, you know, Emily was born and mm-hmm. you have these two children and you're raising them and you're still working, as I recall, during that whole time. I remember mm-hmm. you were doing mm-hmm. different projects mm-hmm. and things and you got certified in the Feldenkrais method. Yes. Um, yes. And tons of other things. You guys moved mm-hmm. and then you moved back and you built like two different houses. <laughs> you're doing a lot. And then you got inspired to tell this story. The idea for my solo show came in 2012. It was before I was pregnant with Emily. Okay. And I was, at that time, I was shifting gears from producing and distributing films into my own work. And motherhood birthed, birthed my creativity, mm-hmm. birthed my, me like um, reevaluating how I was spending my time and realizing 
I have a lot, I have all these creative ideas and impulses. And now that's where I'm going to put my attention. So that, that did happen over a period of time. It wasn't just one day, right? one day, yeah. but it was a period of, so I was in that process end of 2012 and I was taking like writing workshops or generative support, you know, I was yeah. like resourcing for generative ide- to generate ideas and to kind of start unpacking already ideas I had. And I took a writing and movement workshop and the writing and the voice that came out was a, felt like a solo show. And not just to my ears, which I thought, oh, I think this could be a solo show, but to the other women in the group, which was, in fact, one woman said it before I even, she said, oh, that's, this is a, you ever thought of doing a one, one person show? And I was like, actually, yeah. I mean, very sort of from a distant place. Like I think, oh yeah, that would be, because I had my backgrounds in theater and dance and college as a theater major. Growing up, all, you know, plays after play after play. And when I moved to LA, it wasn't just to get into producing. Yes, there was, I was also doing acting classes and voice lessons, which I'd always done. And at any rate, so I, this, that was, it was birthed in this workshop. And I have always felt the last piece of my healing process would be to share my story in a more public way. Because think about, as we, you know, thinking about one of the first things we talked about today, the secret, the secret, and the secret of my struggle, my secret of with what I did with food. Um, I mean, it's very secretive. Food, especially bulimia, food issues are often very secretive. Yeah. And with the secret, the bigger the secret, the bigger the shame. Mm. It's just, they just go hand in hand. And I thought, well, I'm... I'm not passing this on to another generation, not passing this to my daughter. I was never satisfied with, um, you can probably tell, I'm not satisfied with doing things half-assed. Like I'm, and I, yeah, there's a perfectionist thing perhaps in there, but it's also, no, I really, I want a full healing for myself. Like yeah. I don't want to be haunted by this all the time. Yeah. You know, I, do, I can't have that in my life. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, you're right. It's not always perfectionism. I think there's a healthy pride in a like solid completion mm. to your best ability. Mm. And you know, Lily, you know, right. your best ability is your bar is high for yeah. yourself. Yeah. And that's great. Mm. Right. And so, 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 yeah. So then I thought, okay, yeah, this <clears throat> show and this, um, this voice. And then I got pregnant and then that I, the work on the show shifted for a good, you know, maybe a year and almost almost two years to a back burner. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'd feed it with some feed it every so often with writing or this, but it was it was in the back burner for sure. And I knew I would I would get back into it. I wanted my daughter. I wanted to get out of the postpartum phase. I wanted to get out of breastfeeding. You know, be done with. I wanted her to be more than I was. So in two thousand. 16. So yeah, she was, she was two and a half when I kind of really dove back, really recommitted or committed myself back to this, to creating this project, um, to manifesting the project. And how did you do it from Um, that moment on? I mean, well, I, I started, I started resourcing (laughs) for, um, women who were solo show performers, solo show coaches, 
know, it's very, very particular and specific genre. Yes, yes. And there are actually more today than back in 2000. 12 honestly it's very interesting it's had a it's had it's had, i think this the growth genre spurt. has had a real growth yeah. spurt yeah 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 um I love that. but so i researched um who could help me in this process because i didn't know i've written before but i'd not written a show before yeah it's like a solo show so i found a woman in um new mexico and um then i went to work with her for a weekend and started getting the the process going, and then I went off on my own and wrote the yeah. show on this. And the first draft was done in uh, less than three days, which felt like a real download. I think it yeah. actually was thirty, yeah, six hours or something. That's amazing. So did you just at that point did you um, just lock yourself in a room and do it? I kind of did. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love doing that for my own yeah. writing, and I just I have a friend who just did that. She had her husband take her kids for two weeks to the East coast during the summer. And, um, and she stopped her work for two weeks and she mm. finished her memoir. She'd already been working on yeah. it, you know, but, and I, I for me, there's mm. something about that immersion yeah. writing that really works because you can just stay in it. Yes. But, um, so then you had the reading, which I got to be a part That's of. Right. I was so grateful when Zoom you asked reading. me. Oh my God. It was so amazing. Years it ago. blew me More away. More than two years ago. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. And now you're about to debut yeah. here in Los Angeles. Yeah, I premiered it in San, Santa Fe last March 2018. And then um, I wanted to get a couple, few shows under my belt before I did it, before I worked to the show in LA. Yeah. And um, yeah, so here I am. Here you are. And you have uh, your director, Valerie, is mm-hmm. another um, solo show artist. Yeah. Yeah, who you know. Who I know. So I love when the world yeah. gets all connected and oh my gosh. Well, like this. So I mean this the show is coming up in a couple of weeks and I already have my tickets and obviously this week on Milf podcast we're going to be telling everyone how to get their tickets and where to go and um but so you're doing it for how many how many nights are you doing it? It's seven shows total between September 19th and September 28th. That is seven intense. shows. That's intense. I know. <laughs> Are you so excited? I'm Are you excited. nervous? I am. I it is it is a shamanic process. Mm. And I realized the self that that this on my you know, this came to me the other the other week when the fear was tremendous and the shame and the oh oh like what am I doing? What? What are you doing? And I thought the only way to address to like this type, this this level of fear when you're fear, I think is go. You have to go right into it, and you have to go into it with consciousness, and with the um, with the courage, with the courage that I think I have to frame it as like a shamanic rite of passage, just because that I'm very visual person, so I have to make a picture of like. Of me walking into yeah. fear yeah. in my head. You're gonna walk through fire. You have to like walk through fire in front because of us, and we're otherwise all gonna it's gonna consume me. Yeah. yeah, and anxiety. I know you have. Oh yes, I know you know that. Yes, I do. Anxiety. Well, um, and so yeah, that's that's the way you deal with fear. It's so hot. It's so sexy. Oh my God. It's really is. It's, I mean, that's the stuff that turns me on. That's Um, the stuff that gets me like, 
yeah, let's do this. Mm, right? you know, it's because it's just mm. somebody asked me the other day, like, why do you keep doing this work? Like, why do you keep doing the podcast? Or why do you keep staying sober and doing your sober mm. recovery work? And I'm like, because all the other stuff is just noise. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. when I get anxious about this or that or, you know, material things, you know, or I was just talking with someone the other day about my aging and how I'm worried about aging. And it's like, well, I'm only worried about aging when I'm thinking about aging. The mm. rest of the time I'm not mm. thinking about it because I'm mm. talking to another amazing mm. mom who's doing mm. a solo show or I'm, you know, it's, mm. but those fears are to kind of percolate around. But when I get in front of people that are inspired and doing inspiring things and walking through their own fear, it's, it provides me with this sense of relief. I don't know how, I'm not, I'm not mm. articulating it well, I don't think, but it's just like I can exhale. Yeah. I can just exhale and go, oh, right. Well, I mean, to just reflect you to you, because Jen, when I, you are completely transformed from when I met you. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I am and you are, <laughs> yeah. and that's like, it's just such, that's so, I really treasure that. It's yeah. really valuable and it's inspiring. Yeah. You have, and and not you have. You have stepped into yourself, your power, your, you know, your a path. You know, showing up in my house and having this pot. You know, your podcast, all the things you you've been doing. Your event the other in July, yes. Dynasty Typewriter. Yes. Who you've become through your, you know, you have a transformational journey. I mean, I guess if, and I'm thinking about in my show, you know, I think about what I want people to take away from the show or how can, I think when we witness someone on a, in a transformational path, I think that's really, it's insp it can be really inspiring. So inspiring. So, and really so lifting. inspiring. And that that's what I was trying to say. I think I was fumbling, but when we're witnessing someone else's vulnerable, true, raw story it gives us relief because we're less alone we're just that much less alone mm. you know whether mm. we can relate to that exactly. exact experience or not we can relate to the humanity of it and there's something that's just so beautiful about it that's why there's millions of books and mm. tv shows right. and music and right. theater and i don't think we've said so it true. what is the name of your show american standard a story of enough I just got chills everywhere. <laughs> it's so amazing. I had the name before anything. You had the name before anything. I had the American standard for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Is it obvious why? To me it is. Okay. Um, but we Doesn't can say why. Be. We can say why. Well. For those listeners that are like, why is American standard? What does that mean? They should come to the show. They should come to the show. Do come to the show. So tell us where the show is. Um, Highways Performance Space, which is a black box theater in, Santa, in Santa Monica. Monica. Mm -hmm. um, 18th and Olympic. Yeah. So super easy to get to, and it's such a great. It space. is easy to get yeah. to, and it's a great space. I needed it. I needed this this run at least to be on the the west side. Yeah, because that's really where I've made my um my home, um, most of my community, but I'm fearless. I'm a fearless Los Angelian in terms of driving. Oh, yeah. I go anywhere. Yeah. 
You really do. I, I ran into you at that Calabasas air one. Oh I was my like, gosh, oh. that's right. Which is I also do go my anywhere. favorite one. Yeah. I know. I love Calabasas. I'm going to live there. We're going to make it happen. Um, but that will, that'll be good. So, um, so wait, okay. So highway space. And by the way, all of this, if you're driving or doing your laundry or whatever, all of this is in the show notes. So if you want to buy tickets, which you should, if you're in LA, um, you can go to my show notes at milfpodcast.com and you can get tickets. I will be there probably more than once. I'm bringing one friend at least one night. I have those tickets bought, but, um, and then there will be more and, and we will keep you apprised of of the next space. Maybe you'll travel. Maybe you'll do it. You know, I Many hope venues. So. I yeah, hope I mean, so. That's... I think I'm, I think with creative work, you have to just listen, you know, it's an entity. It's a, it's a living kind of thing and you listen to what it wants to be, mm. what it wants to do, how it wants to maybe change or if it's, it's done. I just have to listen. I love that, that you just said that, because for me, what's interesting is when I get into my creative stuff, my ego can take over mm. and try to dictate what it should be or where it should be or who should be seeing it. You know, it's mm. interesting. And mm. I think there's what you just said is so nice because it lets that ego kind of take a back seat. And it's like, no, you're not driving this. Yeah. Well, honestly, the, all the best things have ever happened to me have been accidents or in random, you know, seemingly random or like, oh, I, because I turned around and because went you back forgot to glasses. Your sunglasses. Yeah. That's and so, so I could crazy. never, if I had said, well, I want this to go like that or yeah. all the best things have been, um, felt like chance encounters or when I didn't have it all mapped out. Um, uh, that's yeah. So boy, did I need to hear that today. Because I tend to think I need to have it all mapped out. I really do. I'm, I I'm, know. I'm, yeah, and I'm, I'm really trying to release that at 44. <laughs> Can I'm, I just tell your listeners though something? Yeah, Jen has really great feet. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you all need to know this because you'll probably never ever see her bare feet. They're really great. You're so sweet. I was like, you were and they're really at my clean, feet but and, they, and she doesn't have uh, any color in her nails, which I love because I you had like a boy nails. I do. I had a boyfriend once that I was deeply, deeply in ugh, wild love, infatuation with, and respect. And he, I remember, I showed up one time. He was a firefighter. Ooh, I'm, oh, yeah, it was really hot. <laughs> I was really young. I've showed up to, to to where he was stationed in southern New Mexico, and I had painted my nails, got this pedicure, and he was he didn't he wasn't he was the kindest man, but he also was like, eh, I thought he was gonna love this pedicure I had done. He was like, eh, I don't like polish. <gasps> and it not mm. I know it sounds kind of like it could have been me. It wasn't. No, no, I it, wasn't it, gasping, okay, but, but I was it, just for me that's me. so interesting. I've never had a man comment comment on my nails or not nails i don't know and except for like was, oh you got your nails done oh, but like to say oh i don't like pop that's just he was so like, interesting he like was, that he knew what he liked and he was willing to he say was like it. oh honey kind of like oh like, honey, you, you don't, don't need, need that. that exactly that's what i liked about it like he just wants yeah. your raw beauty yeah 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 and i and i and because it was a i won't go into the story of how we ended up completely falling out and and not even and no, never having any contact and it's one of the biggest regrets um that i was yeah of my you know it's a regretful ending 
Um, he didn't like it. And um, I don't, yeah, I don't use polish every so often. My daughter loves it. But I love the fact that you have beautiful feet. Thank you. <laughs> I never said Thank that. you for saying that. That's so sweet. Um, well, it's true. Okay, so we've come so, to the time yeah. when I ask the questions. And then the lightning round. Okay. What do you think about Lily when you hear the word MILF? Jennifer Tracy. <laughs> I will join the long line of women who say Jennifer Tracy. I do. Your picture. Well, I'm very, thank you. I'm very glad. That's good. We're redefining it. We are. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? Mm, I changed my mind a lot. I'm fearless about changing my mind. I love that. And I, 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 I give all women the permission to change their minds, mm-hmm. whether it's like you're gonna, you were going to go out to dinner with someone and you just, you know, at the last moment, I don't know, last moment, I'm not into standing people up, but I'm right. okay about, it's okay to change your mind. Yeah. Um, Listen to your intuition, which you said at the very beginning. Well, I think that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Change your mind. Um, it may be the best thing you ever did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. How do you define success? I think it's a feeling of satisfaction. Success. Um, And only you, only each of us knows what that is. Yeah. You know, and I think that's just, it's the warm feeling in your belly. Mm. It's that warm, like easy feeling in your belly. That should be a success. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Lightning round of questions. Ocean or desert? Desert. Favorite junk food? Can't wait for this answer. (laughs) Um... I'm thinking of anything with chocolate and almond butter. Oh yeah. Oh. <clears throat> they now and they coconut, have the... sorry. Chocolate oh, yeah. oh. and coconut. Trifecta. Yeah. Now they the have almonds. the Justins with almond butter. Oh yeah. It's so much I better with almond butter. I'm a nut per I mean, I'm I have a whole pantry of nut of every <laughs> flavor nuts. And if I can just Eat them and with some chocolate and coconut. And I just discovered dates a, like a year ago. Cashews. Where have cashews been all my life? Oh god. Oh my god. I was yeah. missing out. Uh-huh. They're like kind of uh-huh. creamy. And then I discovered cashew milk. Oh, so good. Well, I was like, what? So good. It's so yummy. I know. It's satisfying. I know. It's very. It, it is. It is well, successful. <laughs> cashews. My are son successful. is ve- William. My son's vegetarian, so we. I find all sorts. So we're just we're huge, and he loves nuts. So we have gotten we and I. Yeah. I There's nuts. so many. Oh, and I was I just in Hawaii, milk. and we had macadamia nuts, and uh, yeah, and the fruit. I mean, it was. I've forgotten how amazing the fruit is there, but we had these macadamia nuts, and I was like, oh my god, I forgot about macadamia mm. nuts. Like. You know, I wouldn't eat them all the time, but they were like, it was like a dessert. Apple cider donuts. Wait, what do you Sorry, mean? Sorry. Apple cider donuts? I'm still thinking about you your question. Them? I have I have deep fried my own donuts. They're so good. I learned on the East Coast. It's an East Coast thing. 
It's a it's a Pennsylvania thing. So apple cider, you mean you're... apple cider? You 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 from you use apple cider in the dough when you make it. Then you so roll it like in cinnamon, cinnamon sugar it and tastes everything. Tastes like the fall in West Virginia. Bingo. <gasps> it's so beyond. I'm gonna have to make it, and you'll come over I for you coffee. Have to make <laughs> apple cider donuts. Oh I'm sorry, you've gotten me now thinking about like my favorite. What did you ask? Junk food? junk food. I don't even know if that is junk food. That is so good food, though. I mean, I mean, really I will have food, to just put redefine but, it. Well, in your realm, we'll that have is to redefined junk food. It. We'll have to redefine it. You know, it. one of my Hayes Hawk Rosen, her her answer was kale chips was her oh. junk food. <laughs> so you know, weird. it's California. whatever. Yeah, we're so we're so LA. <laughs> um, movies or Broadway show? Mm, Broadway show. Daytime sex or nighttime sex? Day. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too tired at night. I'm beat. Yeah, at night. I'm. Just trash. Yeah, unless it's like four in the morning. Uh huh. Then it's then it, but then it's morning sex. Right. It's not really morning, nighttime. Mid, noon. Noon. I, noon sex. A good nooner does me right. Love it. Texting or talking? To you, talking, texting, everybody else. <laughs> Cat person or dog person? Dog. Have you ever worn a unitard? I wore a unitard last night yes. not to bed <laughs> yes 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 i love my unitard i love my tards <laughs> <laughs> my unitards and my leotards i love my I tards <laughs> they're oh my, my God. they're my thunder suits have you heard about dogs and they need a thunder suit no what's a, a thunder a thunder shirt sorry a thunder shirt it's what you put on a dog when it when it's lightning and thundering out to calm them. Oh. A friend of mine who has dogs who get really hyped up around loud noises, they have these thunder shirts and they like they they they're like fitted really fitted and they make them feel secure. And your unitards and my, make you feel lo- secure. My unitards and my leotards make me feel secure. I love that. I love them. I yeah. wear them a lot. Yeah. Secret um, fact. Shower or bathtub? Mm, I can't live without a bath, but um, I'm very mindful, too, about my water usage. Another thing I've had to change Yeah, living in California. Yes. Yeah. Ice cream or chocolate? Chocolate. Dark chocolate? Preferably or? raw. Oh. The kind that has to be refrigerated. Yes. Yeah. I found these new things at Erewhon. This is so L.A. boring, like, but... It comes in an orange package. It's like raw. It's basically raw cacao, coconut. I think that's it. Maple syrup. Okay. I don't even think there's. I, oh. Well, there must be something sweetener. Yeah. It's like mushy. Oh. Oh, I know this one. It's. I had yesterday. I had I would had some raw chocolate with me, but don't leave it in your purse. Oh God. <laughs> Did it melt all over everything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happens. On a scale of one to ten, how good are you at ping pong? Oh, a five. What's your biggest pet peeve? Was your birth natural? <laughs> if you could push a button, hmm, which one do I ask? You have three que- three choices. If you could push a button, because you already have perfect skin, <laughs> so that's out. <laughs> if you could push a button and it would create 10 years of world peace, but it would also place a 100-year ban on all beauty products, would you push it? Mm. Yeah, of course. Superpower choice, invisibility, ability to fly, or super strength? Hmm. 
invisibility. Would you rather have a penis where your tailbone is or a third eye? Third eye. (laughs) What was the name of your first pet? Valentine. What was the name of the street you grew up on? Starbucks. Stop it right now. Uh So your poor name is Valentine Starbuck. That is fantastic. You can take the show on the road now. Oh my God. Really. Yeah. Lily, I love you so much. I love you, Jen. Thank uh, you. Just really quickly, is there a website for your show or is there a newsletter people can sign up for? How do people get in touch with you? How do they follow you on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's Lily. Well, Instagram, Lily Bright 76 at Lily Bright 76. I'm a centennial baby. Um, and Facebook, uh, Lily Bright, American Standard Show, AmericanStandardShow.com is the website. And there's, um, you can get in contact me, with me there. Links to the tickets there. But Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Lily Bright 76. Perfect. So we can stay updated as you yes. bring new shows and Please do new things. And also, and like and you can always um, find much. all of this on the milfpodcast.com website um, under Lily's show notes, as well as a transcript of the show. Um, and um, just so grateful to know you. I love you so much. I love you so much. Thanks, Jen. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lily. Um, please check out flirtygirlguide.com. And remember to use your exclusive VIP code MILF10 for 10% off of all your purchases. Come back next week for a fresh episode of MILF. I love you guys. Keep going. Keep going.